the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Wow. January has come to an end. Almost. For those of you participating in Dry January, you have 48 more hours. Roughly. I'm not always good with the clock, but you'll figure it out for yourself, I'm sure. Um, stocks today are kind of interesting, but let's talk a little bit about everything that we can. Financial. And we'll get to it, trust me. Um, tax season has arrived. Um, big tech is propping up the stock market again. It's kind of, how do you put it? You know those movies like where someone's like 10 feet tall and someone's like two feet tall and you're like, that's how the stock market feels to me. There's like seven people are 10 feet tall and there's 400 plus people who are two feet tall. And you're like, that's kind of looking kind of unhealthy. Um, the 10 sectors in the index are all trading an average 15% lower than their all-time highs. That's because of big tech. So there's still a ways to go as we broaden the market, which some people think we saw a lot of last week. The stock market logged gains last week. It brought the S P 500 to two fresh record highs. The market cap weighted S P 500 climbed 1.1 percent. The S P 500 equal weight did the same. So there was a broadening there. Notable names who disappointed in earnings last week. Tesla, Humana, 3M, Johnson & Johnson, AT&T, DuPont, and Kimberly-Clark. You saw some big sell-offs last week in Intel and Texas Instruments, as well as KLA Corporation. I like KLA. KLA. Like um, Just seeing that it underperformed last week makes me want to take a look at the stock. Because I like the company historically. I've never bought the company historically. But um, putting those two pieces of data together, it starts my head moving. The NASDAQ year-to-date is up 3%. The S&P 500 up 2.5%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.1%. And the Dow is getting punished a little bit by Boeing. But here's where we get the problems. The S&P mid-cap was down 6 tenths of a percent for the year. It was up 8 tenths of a percent for the week. Same thing with the Russell 2000, the small cap index up 1.8% for the week, but it was down 2.4% for the year. So a little bit of broadening. And again, we like that on this show. Let's talk about some of the other stories out there. A drone strike in Jordan kills three U.S. troops. I don't like seeing stories like this from a stock market perspective. From a social perspective, it's horrific, right? Young men, maybe some women, killed in a drone strike, wounding as many as 34 U.S. military personnel. The strike was carried out by Iran-backed militias operating in Syria and Iraq. Um, this is the first time U.S. service members have been killed in the Middle East hostility since Hamas initially attacked Israel in October and leaves President Biden with a high-stakes test to see how he's going to retaliate. 
the world of oil producers are watching as well. Some Boeing 737 MAX 9s are back in the air following FAA approval. Alaska Airlines and United sent Boeing 737 MAX 9 back into the sky over the weekend. Um, A lot of problems, though. Far from over. Alaska said the groundings costed $150 million at Ames to present that bill to Boeing. Friday is going to be Groundhog's Day. Twelfth and final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David premieres on HBO on Sunday. It's always pretty, 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 pretty tough to hear that. Um, Groundhog Day on Friday. Earnings season, we get to put the thermometer and see how hot Microsoft, Google, Apple, and Meta are. They're all set to report. Microsoft notched record quarterly sales and AI investments um, boosted its cloud business. Meta posted record profit and its fastest growing sales growth in two years um, as ad revenue rebounded. So these are what, what's happened. Microsoft last quarter, quarterly sales, awesome due to AI investments. Meta posted record profit due to ad spending rebounding. Google's ad business also benefited from the YouTube binges. Apple beat estimates, but sales of shiny new iPhone devices uh, lingered. Lagged is probably the better word of what I wanted to say. Um, so we got a lot going on this week, right? Interesting side note, Zillow is going to let you now use your on-time monthly rent payments to boost credit scores. A third of U.S. households rent and poor credit is a major home ownership barrier. Um, what else do we have to hit? Um, oh, I, I think the big story is that the 49ers are making the Super Bowl, right? Allegiant Stadium in two Sundays from now, Las Vegas, Nevada, biggest game of 2024, Super Bowl 58. It's going to cost you if you want to go see the game, $700 flight round trip for two. That's the cheapest I could find. Those are probably going fast. $700 for two nights, cheapest hotel for a Saturday and Sunday night because the game ends too late for you probably to get a flight back. Tickets for two. Cheapest tickets I found were $4,400. So you times that by two and you get $9,000. You could spend as much as $62,000 plus if you want to sit at the 50-yard line. $120,000 plus if you want to get a suite. Of note, you have to, it's going to be actually more than that because it's, that's, uh, I was just quoting the price of two there, right? Cheapest single ticket on StubHub, $6,400 right now. The cheapest ticket on last year was $4,400. Um, I, I don't know. That seems a little bit pricey to me. Interesting new story out of Amazon. They're going to start doing commercials today. They want to pull in $5 billion in revenue annually. Story goes somewhere. Give me a second. If you don't want the commercials, it's going to cost you $3 per month to opt out of it. Of which I watched a Conan O'Brien documentary from what he did the six months after he was basically let go from NBC on the night show. And he went on tour. I like, I like Conan. He's my generation. He's, it is what it is, right? Uh, he went on a road show, a comedy road show, and it shows how he put it together. But it ends with him just being really, really sad about losing his ability to have a live audience. And that's something I'm starting to deal with myself because I don't want to do this forever, but I do know when it 
does end, there's going to be a transition. But anyway, back to Amazon and commercials. Prime made up 3.3% of US TV watching time last year. I'm surprised by that. Amazon Prime TV, 3.3%. Disney, 1.9%. Netflix, 7.7%. YouTube TV, 8.5%. But Amazon's got something that's going to make their ads even better than everyone else's. They've got data on you if you've been shopping with them. Mm -hmm. 70% of U.S. adults have an Amazon Prime membership. The company can use their buying history to place more targeted ads and promise brands a higher rate of return. So those are the big stories of today. I do have an event coming up the day after Valentine's Day. I would love to see you there. It's with CFP Chad Burton. It's really more his event, but I'm going to show up a couple hours early in Menlo Park at the Stanford Park Hotel. Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30. It's a Thursday, so I'm going to get there probably around 4. Um, it's the 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness. Great restaurant if you want to jump in before the show and uh, have a nice dinner the day after Valentine's Day. Bring a loved one, right? Taxes, income, long-term care, safe money. Sign up at robblackshow.com. It's free for now. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So tax season is among us. It's the best time of the year for tax accountants, right? Tax brackets were pushed up 7% this year by the IRS to help you as inflation has creeped up. Um, you should get a plumper return in theory. Um, but I'm not a tax guy, so I don't really talk a lot about taxes on this show. Um, I'll talk big picture on taxes on the show, like telling you that the Trump era tax cuts are set to expire. Um, not this year, but at the end of next year. And um, that's something that's going to have, you know, do they get extended? Do they get stopped? Who's in president? Who's not? Uh, so there's a lot going on there. Uh, as far as that's why people like me care about the elections because you can say, let's go this way or that way with your investment angles. What else do we have to hit upon? Um, as far as top stories of the day, Amazon terminating its iRobot deal, Roomba makers off 31%. Uh, they're laying off 31% of their staff and the stock's getting humbled on Friday. Um, Mergers and acquisitions are of note in the sense that you want to see companies look at each other and value each other. At one point in time, Amazon valued iRobot at $1.4 billion. Today, it's worth under $400 million. And it's kind of a win for the Biden administration and the European Union regulators as the European Commission said, you know, we can't let this deal go through. It could result in Amazon hindering iRobot rivals from competing on Amazon's online marketplace. So government's getting a little more involved with stopping breakups. The government's uh, tried desperately to stop Activision from being acquired by Microsoft, but the lawyers won that one. So... I would not buy a company because I thought it would be taken over. I go a little bit deeper than that personally. Uh, but again, you may be the type of investor where you feel we're really good about doing things like that. I tend not to trust the process well enough 
to say, let's do that. Um, other big stories of note today. I think the earnings out of big tech are going to be watched this week aggressively to see what they're able to deliver. It's going to be a big week of earnings because a lot of the stock market gains at the end of 2023 and the start of 2024, January, a lot of the gains have been big tech companies and how they report their earnings this week will justify whether we continue to pay those prices for those stocks. Um, obviously one that stands out instantly is Apple. They need new growth to justify its soaring stock. And that's not going to be easy. Stock trades near record hires with a market value. No other company has ever attained out kind of during earnings season. They need to attain it. Apple doesn't have a hit product and hasn't really had a hit product since AirPods, which were launched in 2016. The, coming launch or the coming deliveries of the Apple Vision Pro are interesting, but that's only 300 to 400,000 headsets this year is what they're expecting. Now, true, they're $3,500, which is actually something you kind of want. Um, you want that experience to be fantastic because it's a brand new experience and it comes with wearing a device on your head. Now, Apple is feuding with its developers um, at a bad time because they need Netflix. They need companies like Spotify to make product apps for that headset. Um, if you're a Spotify person and Spotify says, we're not going to be on Apple's headsets, um, you may say, well, I don't want it. Or you may go with uh, Meta's Ray-Bans, which have really good audio. Uh, the augmented reality, um, seeing a kid say, you know, okay, man, a snap. It's kind of weird, but it's out there. Um, tax season has arrived. The IRS began accepting returns on today. The dread of filing can be alleviated a little bit if you collect your records of all your income right now. You want to collect your proof of wages and freelance work. You want to collect your information on investments. You want to collect your bank account interest. You want to get data on your income from cryptocurrencies, on social security, selling a home. Those are the big ones that I can think of. And it's a collection thing. You know, one of the things I talk about, what I like about Schwab, uh, formerly TD Ameritrade in this case for me, Fidelity and Vanguard is I like their paperwork. I don't need to go to another brokerage firm because I like the paperwork. The fees are all very similar, minor, inconsequential. I'm not worried about teeny tiny fees. Uh, when you're doing your taxes, now that you've got your sources of income, wages, investments, bank account interest, cryptocurrencies, social security, and uh, income from selling your home, now you need to know your deductions. This year or last year, technically 2023, right? Uh, what were your medical expenses? What were your investment losses? Um, how about your mortgage interest on your home? That's deductible to a point. Your student loan interest deductible, uh, depending on what type of loan it is, of course. Uh, your property taxes deductible in most states and federal. And your gambling losses. Believe it or not, you do get right off some of your gambling losses, which I find to be a little bit of a hoot, right? You want to decide how you're going to file? 
Do you want help from a professional? Do you want to contact them now and have an appointment in say late February, early March? Or do you want to wait till you file? If you have a refund coming, always file early. The IRS process returned quickly in February. The IRS did not do it so quickly in April. And if you opt for automatic deposit to your bank account, it gets your funds even to you faster. That's my tax advice. I don't have a lot of it, right? I work with the CPA. If you need a referral to a CPA, let me know. Um, I could set you up. Uh, it's for people who have a little more complicated issues on their tax filing status. Uh, big event coming up Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30. Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness with CFP Chad Burton at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, California. 6.30 to 8.30. If you want to talk with me before the event about your financial planning situation, uh, drop me an email. Sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It does mean a lot to me. Um, My son wanted to see a movie this weekend. There's a point here. Stay with me. And um, I get tickets, and it's one of those things that Rocketon will give you money back on. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. The Golden State Warriors wear Rakuten patches, and it's one of those apps that when you buy things like Nikes or movie tickets, Ticketmaster concerts, it'll give you a percent back, or in this case, I got 25 cents back for two movie tickets, which I'm okay with. Um, I'm not proud that I'm telling you that I'm willing to get a check for 25 cents or whatever is going to be owed to me down the road. Um, I don't mind making money that way or saving money that way. Again, I use a credit card that in this case gave me 2% back. So my movie wasn't $21 for two tickets. It was a little bit less than that. I think everyone should take advantage of credit card rewards. Um, City double cash is it's two percent, one percent when you buy, one percent when you pay. But if you carry a balance, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever have a credit card. And you have to make the differentiation on that yourself. Tired of hearing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? I'll tell you who's really tired of it. Ravens fans. Um and I kind of agree with that one. Um if you're picking up my thoughts here. One of the things I talked about last week, and I find this pretty interesting is identity loss and in retirement. It's something I'm starting to play with. I'm not ready to retire yet. Um, I really feel lucky to have a microphone and to have such nice following in radio and television and podcasting. Um, it is a blessing. It has been wonderful in my life, but what's your identity going to be in retirement? Um, one of my family friends is sending their ninth grader next year, 10th grader to a school that's done in the woods and no technologies allowed. And I was like talking to them this weekend and they're really pushing for me to try to, you know, buy into it so that they would have buddies and friends. And I'm like, I don't think so. So they say you see your kids every day for 18 years and you see them 
or 365 days after that from until they die or until you die. Um, I don't know if I could send my kids away that early. I mean, that's uh, school's considered great. School is considered to make um, smart people, but no cell phones and you're in the woods. And I don't know. What do you feel about that? Identity is important to me. Part of my identity now is my kids. That's what I'm saying. And no matter what, they're done with high school in four or five years. And a big part of my identity is going to be lost. And I, I, I'm not processing that in a negative way. I'm processing that in a beautiful way, I think. Um, but it's out there. So let's get back to the economy real quick. Goldman Sachs head of U.S. equity, David Costin, said stocks tend to ignore the bond market. He's talking about economic growth matters, most stocks. Growth rather than changes in yields or shape of the curve is the most important driver for equity returns. I'm in a little conflict with this because stocks look to me more attractive when the 10-year treasury is at 3.5% or lower. Stocks look less attractive to me when the 10-year treasury is at 4% or higher. But for sure, the growth of the economy is the important part of it. But I'm not going to say that I'm not going to look at bond yields either. The SP 500 hit an all time high last week while the benchmark 10 year treasury yields been steadily climbing this year, up about 25 basis points. David Kustin, who is the Goldman Sachs head of US equity, said stocks have typically posted the greatest returns during periods of strong economic growth, regardless whether the yield curves were steepening or flattening. Equity returns following yield curve normalization have also been positive, provided the U.S. economy avoided a recession. I think that's really important stuff to talk about. I'm surprised at how many people I still run in today who are concerned about the world, concerned about the economy, concerned about stock market valuations. I'm not worried about, I'm worried about stock market valuations, but it doesn't stop me from investing. I don't have paralysis when it comes to that. I have a little bit of paralysis about where am I going to live in retirement. I don't think I want to live in Northern California. In California, I'd probably boil it down to two or three cities, San Diego, maybe San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara. Um, areas that have access to airports for sure. Now, I know one area I don't want to retire is Florida. It's not always the sunshine state. Got a lot of sunshine, but it's not always. It's the lightning capital of the United States. That's a statement that most people don't talk about, right? It's also bullseye for hurricanes. And I don't really want to deal with that in retirement. So I'm thinking, like, if I wanted a hot place, it'd probably be Texas, New Mexico, maybe Arizona. Um, again, I'd like to be near the ocean in some way, shape, or form. Although, um, I had a shocking conversation this weekend where I just wanted to see how someone would react. And we're talking about places to retire near the beaches. And he goes, yeah, you know, swimming in the ocean is like really important to me. And I said, it used to be for me. And then Japan released nuclear waste into the ocean. And I'm like, I'll go in just not as often as I used to. And he looked at me like, are you kidding? I'm like, I'm kidding a little bit, a little bit. Um, Florida's a lot less taxing. That is one reason to go, but I've got enough wealth that it, that's not going to be a big issue for me. Um, 
you need to, if you want to get the tax benefits of Florida, you need to prove that you'll be in the state 183 days. Um, don't expect tax auditors to take your word for it. You need to keep a diary or a log showing the number of days you spend in each state during the year. You need to register to vote, apply for a library card, change your driver's license, car registration. There's some things about Florida I'm not really crazy about. Homes are in incredible short supply. The average Florida home is $392,000. Now, again, price isn't that sensitive to me. Um, there's just not a lot of homes for sale. You have to, when you do get a home, you have to have a lot of insurance. From higher deductibles for hurricane damage to nearly 5 to 10% of your coverage about. You need to keep enough money in your emergency fund to cover those kind of expenses. Um, flood insurance is something you have to strongly think about. Now, again, more and more of America's in a flood zone than we ever thought. So I'm, it's not, I'm not, it's not knocking Florida. You know, another reason I don't want to live in Florida? Creepy crawly things. And I'm not just talking about alligators, um, termites, bugs. Um, of the top 50 U.S. cities with most termites, Florida scores six of them. Miami, Tampa, Orlando, West Palm Beach, Jacksonville, Fort Myers. Termite inspections are going to cost you every year. Then there's rats on the beach, in the trees, perhaps on your roof. Rat control is something you have to basically pay for $300 a year. There's something called roof rats, palm rats. I find that kind of funny, right? Now, I'm not worried about panthers. I probably should be if I want to hike in retirement, right? But there have been no documented panther attacks on humans. They do not dine on pets and livestock. Oh, they do dine on pets and livestock. So you're going to watch your little, your little uh, doggy. And there's Burmese pythons in Florida. Like, I don't, I'm not crazy about critters. It's kind of interesting, right? There's things I'm afraid of, and there's things that I'm spooked by, and there's things that I just don't want to deal with. Critters is one of them. Um, World famous theme parks, great. People are thinking about a move to Florida. Should really explore the state, though. It's a big state. There's big differences between Orlando and Miami and the Florida Keys. I would absolutely positively live in Miami in a nice condo in retirement um, or some sort of nice home. If I wanted laid back, I'd consider Florida Keys. But again, um, critters. Florida's tourists are everywhere. And I've lived in tourist towns before. First city I lived in in Northern California was Sausalito because I didn't want to live in San Francisco coming from the East Coast. I ultimately lived in San Francisco, but Sausalito was, was hell. Every week in tourists would come into your town and you sit at the restaurants. And the restaurants aren't great because they know the tourists are going to eat there. So they can charge too much. Anyway, what is your identity going to be in retirement? And if you started thinking about places you want to live and don't, I just kind of rattled through my head on Florida. A lot of scammers, by the way, in Florida. A lot of scammers. Uh, because there's a lot of old people there. Getting old stinks, right? Can't believe I'm having this conversation. Can't believe in my head I still look 35. And in reality, nope. Uh, almost out of time in this segment. So coming up next, I'm going to talk about some dividend aristocrats. And who a new winner. There's three new dividend aristocrats I'm going to talk about. 
let's see if they pass the test for something we like. Let's talk a little bit about McDonald's. That stock seems unstoppable. Weird, right? Who would have thought when you were a kid, like you love their fries, they're salty and delicious, right? Who would have thought that would be a great investment? Seven Steps to Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th. When you come to the event, you do get a complimentary portfolio review. You get to meet with a CFP after the event. Um, it's Thursday, February 15th, coming up soon, 6.30 to 8.30. It is going to be in Menlo Park, great city, great restaurant. The event is going to be at a great hotel. You can learn more Thursday, February 15th, 2024, 6.30 to 8.30. Sign up for the seven steps for retirement readiness at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I got three more pieces of content that I want to get to. Long-term dividend growers um, ultimately kind of fall into a category sometimes called the best dividend stocks or um, the S&P 500 dividend aristocrats. And it's interesting because Standard & Poor's has an index called the S&P 500 dividend aristocrats. And it's like the S&P 500 where some companies will be added every year and some companies will be dropped. Um, I'm a big fan of compounding. As Ben Franklin famously said, money makes money, and that money makes money, and that money makes money, which makes money. Um, so dividend aristocrats are companies that have been around for a long period of time, 25 years of having a dividend and raising it. New to the list, James Smuckers. J.M. Smuckers, ticker symbol SJM. They don't just make jam. They also make Folgers Coffee and Dunkin' Coffee, Jif Peanut Butter, um, the eponymous jams and jellies, of course. Dividend yield of about 2.7%. It's generating an annualized re- total return of 15% versus 8.6% for the S&P 500. So you get growth and dividends. I'm probably more in favor of the aristocrat fund, to be fair. Um, but ultimately, it's all a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks you ever hear on this show. Another stock being added is a company called Nordson, which um, analysts like it. Only pays 1.1% dividend yield. They've hiked their payment for 42 consecutive years. It does have some bumps because it's in the healthcare and fluids sector, industrial fluids. Um. I don't know. I, I would have to do a lot of work on that one, right? But it shows you how there's some companies that you don't really know about that we don't really talk about. CH Robinson Worldwide. They're in transportation and logistics. And if, you know, one thing in the last five years, cost to transport things from Asia to the United States are expensive. And then there's a Red Sea war going on with Houthi rebels uh, throwing missiles around at boats with cargo. CH Robinson Worldwide, ticker symbol CHRW, it's got a 2.5% dividend yield. Stock has a mixed record when compared to the broader market over the longer term. Shares have outperformed the S&P 500 on an annualized total return over the past one, three-year periods, with the laggards on the last 5, 10, and 15. Um, so I don't necessarily think that I want to like push for the individual name, but I do want you to Google... Um, S&P 500 dividend aristocrats. So I don't think you're going to get into a lot of trouble when you look at that list. 
and just kind of learn what an aristocrat is. A company that's paying the dividend for 25 straight years. You know, Apple is eventually going to be joining that list. Um, ticker symbol on it is N-O-E-L. N-O-E-L. Um, never, ever get involved with ProShares. I'm just not a fan of myself. Um, McDonald's is a stock that continues to do very, very well. Wall Street's expecting more growth ahead for the company. They're opening a new line of stores called, um, I think it's called McCosmos. It may not be called Mac Cosmos. It may be just called Cosmos. And so far they've only opened 10 stores, but the reviews are really good. Don't think of it as a fast food. Don't think of it as McDonald's fast food. Think of it as like Starbucks fast food where you're going to be getting lattes and um, expensive croissants, um, expensive sandwiches. Uh, so McDonald's has done a phenomenal job in the past three years of ramping its mobile order ahead of its loyalty program. Digital sales, which includes sales made on the app, delivery on their kiosk, totaled $9 billion across its six biggest markets, making up 40% of total sales. So... Oh, Cosmo, Cosmics, that's what it's called. Um, and you're going to hear more about it in the coming days and the coming weeks. It looks really interesting on a square footage basis, which is how you kind of look at restaurants, in my opinion, um, and retail stores, how profitable it is on a square footage basis. When Apple first came out with the Apple store, it, it crushed, I think, everything, including Louis Vuitton, Moe, Hennessy stores. Uh, which is pretty nuts. So you want to learn how to make money. Um, you either inherit it, you marry it, or you make it. At some point in your life journey, through your career, you're going to want to think about your career earnings. I was walking by a fast food store the other day, and uh, there was a help wanted sign. Start your career path to six figures, to $100,000 a year. And they want young people to buy into a career of serving fast food and eventually managing a store of fast food employees. I say inherit it, marry it, make it. You can't control the first. You're born to the parents you're born to. You have control over the second. And many people do view money as a valid partnership consideration. But the third, the career one, the make it, is the one that I find the most compelling. Um, You get paid to do things. Or you get paid to own things that generate cash and or appreciate over time. Look at Warren Buffett, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. He earned a modest salary of $100,000 per year for 40-odd years. His money comes from investments. Buffett owns about $120 billion of the company's stock, Berkshire Hathaway. Even if he paid himself like a normal CEO, he would have earned only a fraction of that $120 billion. So to make a living, focus on getting paid to do things for sure. To build net worth, focus on owning and growing things. There's some downside to it. Not Stock market doesn't always go higher. It's worthy of note. You can get paid a lot of money to do certain things, especially if you're really good at them. I've made more money from investments than I have from earning. I hope that segment kind of opens your eyes a little bit, just a little bit. You want to learn how to manage your wealth? Come to the Seven Steps Retirement Readiness, February 15th. It's going to be in Menlo Park. You can learn more at robblackshow.com if you have at least $500,000 in investable assets. 
you do get a complimentary review of your financial snapshot. You can learn more about taxes, income, long-term care with CFP Chad Burton, with life goals, investing, and much, much more. Come to the event the 15th of February, 630 to 830 in Menlo Park. You have to sign up. Sign up to going fast. I'm Rob Black. We'll talk soon. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.